1: Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We got a great show for you today. Um, one of the things that I want to do is, first of all, I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on, and supporting us. I want to say hi to Benny and Jessica. And boy, does this feel like good times today, producers. Throwing it back, throwing it back. Oh, we got to kick it back. What is it, Benny? A little old school. Yeah. Yeah. Actually- <laughs> So funny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Uh, and I want to just tell you, I'm really thrilled that I have a very special guest, uh, Amber Sell, joining me here today. You're going to hear a lot about Amber. And before you hear about Amber, I want to talk about something, sort of a preamble, Benny, like sort of a, a little thing. You know, here's what I'm noticing. And I don't know, like Jessica and I were talking about this. And Benny, we've talked about this. Sometimes the universe, God, whatever you believe in, whatever that, you know, multi-faith or interfaith or as Rabbi Ted would say, interfaith, whatever that is you believe in. Have you ever wondered why, but better than why or how the universe knows God, the universe um, knows how to line things up? in a way that gets you ready for the most expansive part of who you're going to become. Now, I say this on the heels of something really interesting happening to Jessica and I today. And were we surprised about it? Maybe. Were we relieved about it? Yes. But more importantly, what she and I have now known, and Benny, of course, Benny does a gazillion shows on this topic, what we've learned is that there's a road we get to take as we craft out and we lay a course that's in service of so many others. And there, there is that road. And sometimes, I don't know, like sometimes it's a straight line. Like sometimes they're like, one day you're here and the next day you're, you're like, like me. Like one day I'm in Jersey and the next day I'm driving a truck, by the way, Benny, in December across the entire North continent, to get to the Pacific Northwest, never understood its nose in Sturgis or just totally clueless about the whole snow thing and get over like the, you know, you get over the divides and you're getting, you know, and and white knuckling with no snow tires on a giant trailer carrying all my stuff, my car attached. And it's still a straight line. But here's what I love about today's show with Amber. Today, something happened that reminded Jessica and I that if you lead with love, as Susan Denae, one of our hosts, would say, you can lead with love and you still don't have to be a doormat. And this is one of the most difficult journeys in leadership and leaders to take. But what is it about leading with love that not only charts that pathway forward for you, but opens up more expansive possibilities than you can imagine. That's what we're talking about today. I am so thrilled to introduce you to someone who I know has either been tapped on the shoulder, maybe didn't, you know, attach her sports card to a trailer and within 10 minutes from the house, it got detached. Maybe that wasn't it, but clearly When you become a leader in the field of human transformation, as she is, and receive international recognition as a master life and health coach, and you understand that there's something on the inside that gets you up every day and excites you to move forward, then what you understand is the basis for why what we're doing now and what we're planning to do in 2022 becomes more vital than ever. But today, you're going to hear from the opponents of it, you know, the essence of it and what it means. Amber, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. After that introduction, I need to choke back tears. <laughs> um, I came in this morning after, um, you know, something really incredible happening, very surprising. And Jessica walks in and gives me a hug. Oh, wow. Now, if that don't make you cry. Now, look, Benny and I are not in the same studios. But when we were in the state same studios, we we were like hugging people, right? Yeah. We can still virtual hug, Pat. We can. <clears throat> But I look like the Hulk when I do. The knows no bounds, right? Thank you, Amber. Thank you. Those are real. That's right. See? (laughs) And, and, you know, let's talk about this for a minute because I want to talk with you about what it means to lead with love and what the ripple effect of that is from a global perspective. Both you and I have corporate backgrounds, right? And there are actions that we have taken in multi-dimensional places, in our corporate world, in our personal lives. But one of the things that, that both of us, you know, come to the table with is an energy about this. And I want to ask you, what was it about your journey? And I have to tell you, this question I've been asking 18 years, what are the challenges? What are the obstacles, Amber? What did you have to overcome to create what you've created and to be here right now in this very moment?
0: Well, that's a very deep question. And we could take an entire hour just devoted to that.
1: Thank goodness we have it.
0: <laughs> exactly. I will summarize though, just so we can dive into some other things. Um, it really was about feeling like we were in this state of fear all the time, no matter where I worked. And I worked for some really large organizations that had a strong foothold in their market. But instead of feeling like, okay, people who are part of this organization are building forward towards something amazing. So we could embrace this creative and love-inspired approach to be in service to others, it was always based in fear of loss, fear of loss of the market, fear of loss of power, fear of loss of their financial standing. And so as we both know, love and fear cannot exist simultaneously. They're in two different poles. And so it was like, even if I had the skills to lead with heart, I was in the wrong playing field. It was like, I was an um, NBA player attempting to play for the NFL. I was just completely on the wrong field. And so I didn't know how to fit into that. And I kept watching as everyone around me was kind of mismatched too. But instead of stepping out and saying, no, this doesn't fit, they would conform. And it would make them sick. And it would make them stressed out to the point of having breakdowns. And I took a step back and I'm like, why am I doing this? I changed career after career attempting to find Cinderella's slipper, but it just never fit. And I was like, okay, we've got to do something or we're going to have a crisis on our hands. Now here we are in in this pandemic, but at some point there needed to be something that helped individuals and I myself ended up with cancer as a result of all the stress that I was putting on myself, attempting to shoehorn myself into these things that didn't fit. And that's when it was my real tap on the shoulder. As you said, It's like something has to change and I have to learn how to love myself enough to say, no, I'm not going to do this. And as I went through my own transformation, I realized that that transformation allowed me to lead with love and build better organizations myself, whether I plugged into an organization or I started my own. And that that heart-centered approach really kept longevity of staff. It built better products that I would launch. And everything that it attracted opened up more possibilities than I could possibly imagine myself, because I was allowing spirit, God, the universe consciousness to flow through me without attaching myself to it. So without ego, wow, look what could happen. So that's really my story and my body healed.
1: Yeah, you know, thank you so much for, first of all, Amber, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, the reason I asked that question is because 18 years ago when this started for me, I was depressed. I was at the worst possible state that I could imagine for myself. And pretty much, I'd pretty much been depressed most of my life. But, you know, there wasn't, you know, when people looked at me, there wasn't any reason for me to be like that. I just finished school. I had job opportunities, but why didn't I just go with the flow? And there are a lot of reasons for that. But it brings me to our conversation today, you know, where something happens. We get that call. For me, it was walking down my beautiful stairway in my 4,000 square foot house in Central Jersey on 4.62 acres. Walking down the hall, my, my colleague following me, checking myself in the mirror before I walked out to get into my sports car, and I was unrecognizable to myself. You know, it's almost like one of those horror movies, right? You ever watch some of those where the person, the lead person, looks in the mirror and they're like, ah! And at that moment, I realized that what I was being asked to do and how I was being asked to do it wasn't right for my soul, right? how do we talk to folks today? Because it's important to talk about our experiences, especially of the past, and how far we think we've come and how much leadership maybe has changed. But also, we have an enormous opportunity to do things differently. And yet there's confusion sometimes, Amber. You know, if you're thought to be a conscious leader, some people think well maybe you don't fire anybody. Okay, really? Why would that be? Uh or maybe you don't do things that other corporate entrepreneurs do. And I think this is kind of the dilemma. I'd like to talk with you a little bit to talk about where we are today, what changed, have hearts open. And the reason I'm asking you is by the way, the latest studies that have come out about Gen Zers like, mm-hmm. I think they're Gen Z, Z, Zers, whatever. Yeah, right? When they were asked, what do you believe? I study broken promises, psychological contracts, so I know about obligations. So they were asked, what do you think? Like, this organization you're going to work for? Like, what do you think they're, like, obligated to provide you? And everybody in recruiting, they were getting ready for the big pay. They were getting, they were 90-something percent across the board compassion and empathy. Yes. Don't know what to do with that, Amber. What do you make of this? Where were we? And what do you make of what you're sensing and feeling?
0: So I love, love, love that you're coming at that from that angle, number one. So thank you. What I found is where we were coming from was that fear, right? That I need the financial abundance. Because that gives me my social status. That gives me a lifestyle that I desire. But just like you, so many are now beginning to look at ourselves in the mirror and go, but that's material and that's not who I am. Who I am is beyond this material. Yeah. And we're starting to really look at ourselves in a different way. And currency is becoming energy and the connection that we form. Otherwise, why are we doing it? One of the things I really loved in talking with Jessica was she's like, if we're not having fun, why are we doing this? And I feel like a lot of us have reached that point where it's like so much of our time is spent in the office or doing the things that we would call work. And if we're not having fun or we don't feel supported or we don't feel like what we're doing matters, even if it's not the most fun job, then we're going to start questioning, why am I doing this? And eventually we're gonna step away because finances only get us so far. And as we've seen in today's economy, that's a very tilty kind of thing. So we're beginning, and our youth are really starting to, because they see what's happening. They're starting to say, what I feel, what I feel connected to, who I feel connected to, that matters. Not a big house, because a big house comes with a lot of responsibility. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy. I don't even want to go there with the big house thing. Okay. It just... And it's a false sense of security. Can we talk? Can we talk? I'm going to Benny, Jessica, we're going to skip the break if we could, because I want to really talk with Amber about this. But, you know, from all of this, from your experience, from your what you're talking about, you've created an amazing opportunity and energy for people to really look at and, and this is my word, so Amber, I would like you to jump in and kind of correct me if I kind of go off and say something that's not appropriate for your organization. But one of the things I love about what you're bringing forward is, is something that's so vital to organizations. And, and yet, at the same time, I have been in HR. I mean, I'm a corporate mailroom, 17, work your way, almost a fire from the mailroom, but work your way up. Actually, I've been fired from every job I've ever had. That's probably why I own my own business, but work my way up. I've gone from homeless, selling hot dogs, work my way up corporate America, have everything in front of me. And I risk it all because I wouldn't fire a woman with 29 years and 11 months of service. That's one month from a full pension. And my job was to implement corporate downsizing. And so these moments that come to us are opportunities. But I wanna ask you this question for so long, it's been very difficult to talk about spiritual energy or even really talk about integrity in corporate America. How are we gonna address these young people that are saying, I want empathy, I want compassion? They're not saying, don't give me hard work. Yes. They're not saying that. So when you're looking at the landscape of things, your organization, brings us forward to a place of opportunity. But my sense is, we gotta do some work here on ourselves, eh?
0: Yes, (laughs) and so what we have developed is like, we call ourselves love architects. It's like, love is just the stable ground from which we all have the ability. It's the energy that runs through the universe, right? It connects us to everything. But when we're building what we desire to have within what we call the love house that we desire to build within ourselves, we all need self-love. And we have leaders like John Mackey and Brandon Black who are very prevalent CEOs who documented their self-transformation and how that transformation actually built their businesses up and it had to start with self-love first so that they understood how much that care and compassion and connection meant to their employees and meant to the business as a whole because the executive team needs to feel connected and empowered in order to lead the organization. And then the employees need to feel like they can actually communicate with that executive team and not feel shunned. But first, I had to start with the CEO and they were so transparent in their journey of that transformation and letting go of their egos that we need more people like that who are willing to step forward and say, look, this is not an easy journey, but it does start with self-love. And it starts with that willingness to architect your own version of what that means. So I start with self-love, which is like your kitchen or your bathroom, right? You have to have it. That's the essential And then you add different levels and different layers. How does that interact with your family? How does that interact with your business? How does that interact with your community, with the world? You choose how much you grow that. And what we offer through Suivera are the tools to build out the toolbox that you need to maintain your little
1: house of love, right? To expand it. I want to spell the website for people. Because I really want everybody to go here. And I think Jessica is also putting it up on social media. Um, for those of you out there, when we talk about SWIBER, we're talking about S is in Sam, U-I-V is in Victor, E-R-A.org. Check it out. I think I got that right, Amber, right? did. Yeah. Okay. Um, the reason I was so eager to talk with you is because, one, my journey to get to where I am, I had to get sick, too. Really sick. Like six months after dialing this wrong phone number and saying yes to buy an airtime, like on internet only in 2003, people thought I was crazy. They looked at me and they were like, you got to be kidding. You just got a doctorate. You're an award-winning researcher. People are wanting to hire you. And I'm like, I can't go back. I studied the consequences of broken promises for 10 years. I can't go back. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done to know that part. Sometimes, as leaders, we say yes, but sometimes we say no. And I think this gets confusing for people. Uh, I've read every leadership book you can imagine because fortunately or unfortunately, I didn't know this when I got accepted to Claremont. I didn't know that's where Peter Drucker was. So yeah, you got Drucker whether you wanted him or not. But can we talk about how love transcends so many things, and yet, especially in organizations, how it's misunderstood, right? How many leaders have said to you, okay, this is an organization of love and compassion, then why would you fire me? Okay. Uh, Let's talk to the issues that love, I don't know if love is not ever having to say you're sorry. I don't know that. (laughs) I would say
0: that's absolutely not true, but (laughs) I would also offer love, if you look in multiple texts, love protects, right? That is a very clear statement in the Bible. If you are a Christian, throughout all religious texts, love is very much about having boundaries, personal boundaries, having, if you run a company, you have to have boundaries in place for the organization. And so if you're not willing to protect those boundaries, then you're also running the risk of hurting those that you do care about. And so, no, you're not gonna go out and attack somebody, but you are going to protect what you hold dear. And so we have to be willing to do the actions that come along with protecting that. If somebody knows what is required of their job and you've told them more than once, this is what we need you to do, and they're consciously making the choice not to do it, then you need to hold your boundary and let them go. You don't have to be mean about it.
1: No, no, no.
0: Just document it. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you are not willing to do the things that are necessary to protect yeah. your business.
1: I can't tell you how many of these conversations I've had to have with people. And by the way, Linda as well, you know, both of us have HR backgrounds and it, in, in her HR background in particular, how many exit interviews we've ever had to do. I think in exit interviews, I don't know if they call, they even, I don't think they even do them anymore, but conversations where you just, you're told not to cry and you just cannot not cry. These are human beings, but I love what you said, because one of the things I discovered is, and I think I knew this, but I I recently went through the 1200 pages of interviews I had that I did for my research. Oh my God. Yes. They, but they want me to write a book on the broken promises. I'm just trying to build up stamina to do that. And I went through the notes and I looked at, I looked at what this said. And I want to ask you about this and talk about it when we come back from break. Okay. A lot of times, it's not the what, at least, in my, at least in the people I talk to. Yes, no one wants to be terminated, especially in a downsizing where none of it makes sense. Yes. But everybody says, it's how. It's the how. Yes. It's, it's that. I mean, so strongly. I'd love for you to talk about this when it comes back because whether it's in the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, it doesn't matter. I stood on a corner with the Krishna people banging a tambourine when I was young. The how we do something, and if we don't know how, one, to communicate, if we don't know how to understand our emotions, we need to send them to you, Amber. (laughs) Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about. Why this this message? This organization from Amber is so important because if you think about the word love, and you think about these statistics now that are just coming out, coming out. And by the way, recruiters, my recruiter buddy from New York is like, "I don't need, we got to hire you, Pat, because we don't even know how to talk to them about empathy and compassion." I said, "Okay." When we come back, this is a movement. Now you may be thinking. I'm just like a lowly person, I don't know, I can't, I don't have power. When we come back, Amber's going to take us on a journey on how you get it, how you know it's within you already, how you understand that love and gratitude cannot coexist with fear and anger, and how you just can immediately, yes, in love, stand up for yourself and stand up for others, but more importantly know that you're divinely guided. We'll be right back.
0: Have you ever felt like if you just had the right tools and resources, you'd be able to carve a path
1: toward the life your heart is aching for? Guess what? You have everything you need inside you. I'm Natasha Odnido, and I'm here to show you that your healing is in your
0: hands. Tune into my show, Unlock the Healing Path, every second and fourth Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com. To learn more about me and my work, visit NatashaOdnedo.com.
1: Healing has
0: a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at
1: MeganEdge.ca.
0: Parenting isn't about perfection. I think we all know that. Parenting is about being present and honest, having compassion for your child and for yourself, communicating consciously and loving unconditionally. Tune in to The Awakened Parent Project with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. LEARN TO BE AN EMPOWERED PARENT THROUGH THE TECHNIQUES OF THE CONSCIOUS PARENTING COMMUNITY. TO LEARN MORE ABOUT SUSAN, VISIT SUSANDOLCI.COM.
1: IMAGINE YOU ARE A BALL OF STEEL, SMOOTH, small and cool to the touch. Your life will soften you with fire. You will take hits that shape you. You will be forged into a powerful, purposeful work of art. Tune in to Forging a Life with Coach Christine Clark, joining Dr. Pat Pasilli in a three-part series, Truths in the Creation of Katana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Christine Clark. A gifted, engaging speaker and trainer who has forged her life in the fires of self-employment will take you on a journey to exploring the internal, mental, and emotional blocks that stand between us and a life of significance through an analogy of the process of crafting a traditional Japanese sword or katana. For more information about Christine, visit sunglowtransformation.com. Oh, my gosh. Benny, did you play that for real? Well, yeah, of course I did. Okay. So, like, (laughs) okay, how funny is that? I just got like all my records out of storage. They've been in storage since like 1987, just got them out. So funny. I pulled out like five Beatle albums. Like Benny, like you're psychic, right? I guess (laughs) it must have been, yeah, my ears have been burning all day. (laughs) Yeah, they've been burning. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. A couple of things that I would love for you all to know. And first of all, if you're just tuning in, Leading with Love, How to Make a Global Impact from the Heart. Amber is joining me here. Amber Mike Sell is joining me here today. And I want I want you to know that we're not, we're not just having a conversation about thought leaders and power players and what it means to be a successful leader. We're talking about the model of successful leadership, that if you go back into pretty much any spiritual tradition that I can think of, you will see leading with love leading with love has been out in the forefront and amber said this earlier she said look if if you're in love and i say love slash gratitude because they kind of for me go together i don't know how to separate them but if you're there you, fear cannot coexist i think amber said it it's like if you're at the north pole you're not at the south pole unless you squish the earth uh amber before we keep rolling. I would love for people to know how they can get involved in your movement, how they can find out more about it, and how they can find out more about how they can help their organizations. That would be wonderful. So
0: we have started just a global movement that in a year, we have had a little over a million people join in. And we've made it as simple as we can. Like the whole point is love. Start where you are. We're not asking you to be to go from here to here. We're asking you to start where you are. If you've mastered self-love as an individual, then we have other programs. But what we have are free resources that you can find either on Facebook through suivera.org, which again, S as in Sam, U-I-V as in Victor, E-R-A.org. It's the same handle across Facebook across the web so if you go to www.swevera.org you could find us there and we're also on instagram pretty prevalent those have been our three primary you can find all kinds of resources for self-love for moving into that next and understanding how to integrate it into family into community and as you do that you'll find in your organizations there's a trickle effect So you start to look at anybody in your organization as members of your family and the impact that that has. Again, I go back to these primary CEOs who have been willing to share their stories and show the impact that that has. But we have to be willing to move as leaders in organizations. We have to be willing to move past the fear of what will it look like if I show that I'm vulnerable? What will it look like? if I don't have all the answers. To humanize ourselves actually shows that we can connect with the people that we lead. All too often we feel like, oh, we have to be the one that shows them what to do. When really what people most often seek is to be connected with their leader, to know that they're human and to know that they don't always have the answer and that's why they need me. That's why I'm here to support them. And that empowers that staff member to actually step up and step forward and be there for them. Otherwise, they feel like they're being talked at all the time or talked down to. And so that's where starting with that cornerstone of self-love and understanding that vulnerability is actually an asset really comes into play throughout our life and not just in that one space.
1: I love that you're talking about this. It took me a lot of years of my life to cry. And I don't want to go into my early years of my life. I think I've talked enough about them on the show, but it took me a long time to cry. But getting physically ill brought me to my knees at a level of vulnerability. And I never looked back at crying, not crying on air. I cry on air. Um, And sometimes even as an owner, a CEO, as, you know, Jessica, you know, as our VP of pretty much everything, you you know, even in an interaction yesterday with, uh, you know, employees is, you know, she's really talking about, you know, here's who we are. This is what we need. You know, this is the opportunity you break down in tears. That's not weakness. But boy, the message is from our society, right? Yeah. Ooh, ooh! look i read your book i want to mention it if i could may i yeah uh, and benny we have a copy of the book to give away um and the reason i want to mention the book is because i three reasons so 1-800-930-2819 we'd love to give you a copy of opportunities for expansion amber and austin uh authored the book, but this is a book that is not just about your organization. It's about what she and I are going to talk about right now. Amber, it took me that illness to realize the buck has to stop here first. I got to do something here, right? You talk about self-love. Yes. Tell us how to get there. Please give me the magic wand. Help me. Help us. Because we all want the magic wand. Yes. If only I couldn't even treat little myself little. to getting my nails done. Are you kidding? <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Yes. If only. Um so
0: it is a journey. It really is. And it's not the same for everyone, which is what makes it so challenging, right? Because we all have different life experiences that have just put all of these things on us and if if you believe if you believe that you have past life experiences that you bring with you then not only do you have what happened in this life you also have what's happened in any other life before this that you may be navigating through so depending on what you come into this with you have all those beliefs and all those experiences and all that energy that you're navigating through So it isn't like you're just going to take a day and suddenly fall madly in love with yourself. It is a journey. And so Opportunities for Expansion is a six-month guide because let's face it, we don't all have weeks to go into a cave somewhere and just navigate through all of this stuff. It'd be great, but we just don't all have it. So Opportunities for Expansion gives you little daily things to focus on to understand where am I strong? Where am I doing okay? Or where do I really have opportunities for growth and expanding my consciousness or shifting my perspective so that I can understand me and really get to know myself and what I believe and what I feel so that then I can love myself and really get to know my perspective on things and not be told what to do. Yeah.
1: And I love this. And I, I have to tell you, I, um, I, I read through the book and then I realized, wow, this is something I can use. And boy, what if my whole team used it? And of course, that's always optional. But I love what you say coming out of the gate here. And you say, look, you know, this is, this is, these are messages that are about, you know, helping us, all of us individuals, right? You know, uh, out of the standard path of thinking and feeling and being right. And it asked us what I love about it asks us to incorporate an activity, like a do thing, like a something. And then I started to read it. And I went back. And I said, Okay, now, here we go. Day one, the quality of gratitude. Okay, can we talk? (laughs) (laughs) I had somebody tell me, what are my mentors? Listen, for you, Pat, you got to fake it till you make it. I said, what? said, yeah, I just want you around saying thank you, just in your brain, anything, 100 million times a day, just walk around, thank you. And then when you mature enough, (laughs) sorry, this wasn't even when I was young, (laughs) <laughs> then, when you're mature enough, say thank you, God, or thank you, Spirit, or thank you, universe. But I want you to just do it incessantly in your mind. And if you're not doing it, then what are you doing, Pat? You're saying something to yourself about fear. You could have started this with anything. What gave you the level of importance in your heart to start with the quality of gratitude? You
0: summarized it beautifully as you said there is no separation truly between love and gratitude and so if you didn't read any further in the book than the first page then you've made a massive shift in your heart and in the way that you connect with the world because the more that you can see the world through a lens of gratitude and really begin to understand that everything is a gift. Even if it comes to you in the way of an illness that leads you to a different path, in the way of any kind of what we may perceive as a negative, it depends on how we incorporate it into our life or into our journey. We just haven't seen the whole picture yet. And so if we can hold gratitude in our heart until we navigate through the experience, then we at least have chosen how we're going to perceive it, how we're going to expand through it. Yes, we're not going to be happy and thrilled, maybe, that it's occurring. I don't know about you, but I was not like, woohoo, I have cancer.
1: Oh my gosh. But
0: at least I could say I'm grateful for the fact that I'm home today and not at the hospital.
1: Yeah.
0: Grateful that my family is with me. And so there's always something to be grateful for, and that gratitude helps carry you through every situation that you encounter, and it amplifies the good ones. So when you are having a fantastic day and you're grateful for that fantastic day, man, you're over the moon.
1: Yeah, I have to tell you, um, we we can't talk about the whole part of the book, but we are talking about love, and we're. You, I think you describe this as a guide, a, a guide. But here's what I want to say about it. Uh, I went back and I looked at the first, I think it's the first four lessons, and it hit me. One day, I was healthy. March 31st of 2004, I was healthy. April 1st, I was immediately not healthy. I came down with the mystery disease, according to. And I went back over the first four lessons in the, in the guide, in your book. And I said, wow, that illness, that helped me realize that I could do one, two, three, and four. I didn't know I was doing one, two, three, and four. But you know the thing you talked about? I was buying airtime at the tune that most people buy houses. I never looked back. And I realized when April 1st came, and, and I couldn't walk, I was so grateful that I found this thing and I could talk to people like you, that every day, five days a week, I get to have a conversation with you. And I, I wish when people look at this and they look at what you're creating, my hope for people that are on this journey is they find that thing, Even if it's one thing, Amber, that just fills their heart.
0: I love that. I echo that wish.
1: Yeah. Because I think if you do, then by the time you get to the fourth lesson, right, by the time you get four, is it four? Yeah, four. I love four. I love four. By the time you get to day four, what can you do to change the world? You know what I love about the way you're approaching this? It's it's, First of all, it's genius. But secondly, most people that write a book or they present something, this here question, it's like in the last chapter. Like this, you're like day four. So you didn't have any question mark, right, about anybody reading this book that day four, day four is like the key. Tell me about day four because you could have put this like, I don't know, what day? but you put it day four. Tell me about that. So for us, it really did feel like everyone
0: has this desire to do something to change the world, but then they feel like that's such a huge feat, right? What am I going to do? I see all this going on in the world, but how am I going to do anything to change any of it? And so they go from this love, this, this feeling of I really care so much about people and the planet, but I have no voice. And then they go to fear. So I'm frozen, I stop. And they quickly change camps. But the thing is, all it takes when you think about lighting a candle is one light to light another candle to light another candle to light another candle. And next thing you know, every candle around the world is lit and so our point is just shine just be loving at all times as much as you possibly can and that is all it takes to change the world because it creates that ripple effect it's like throwing the stone in the water and so you have that energy of love and I love Mark Anthony's book. And you were talking about that the <laughs> frequency of the soul, right? Yeah. Love is a frequency. Being grateful is a frequency. And so when you hold that frequency, it's contagious. When you're around someone like you, Pat, who has that and holds that you can't help, but feel it. That's why people listen to this show. It's like, I feel this. And so if one person can hold that, and share it with another person, then that person catches it, and they hold it, and they catch it. The next people people who are around them, they catch it. And so you, as an individual, can change the world just by being willing to hold that frequency of love and gratitude.
1: This is so interesting we're talking about this. You know, I had a table tennis partner fire me about two years ago, and, you you know, we, we championship doubles, right? No question about it. And I said, what's the matter? I mean, we're like winning. He says, you don't take this seriously enough. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We just won gold medal here, like this over here. And I said, what do you mean? I said, I practice like a lot. He says, "We're, we're in the middle of a competition and you're like laughing and you're smiling and you're talking to the other team. He said, I can't do that. And I just looked at him. I said, Lou, you don't have to do it. Am I bothering you? Yeah, you're affecting the way I play. I'm like, okay, you're right. We can't play together. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I don't. And so I want to spend a few minutes talking about this here in the time we have left. It doesn't mean that I don't take life seriously. There are things in life I care about deeply. I always have. I marched for civil rights. I marched for LGBTQ rights. I marched with Gloria Steinem and Bella Abzug for women's rights. I mean, I've done things like that. But I think we get confused sometimes, and we think, like when a when a producer said to me, "You're we're never going to pick up your show because you're not really a you're not really a broadcast host," and I said, "Well, what do you mean?" They said, "Well, we have a format. You don't like, you're laughing, you do this, you do that, you don't do this formally and you don't do that." And I said, "Okay, yeah, cuz I'm never going to do that. But let's talk about the fact that how we can be love and still get on a mule and ride through the temples and turn over tax collector tables."
0: Yes,
1: like Jesus demanded. Yes.
0: I was having this conversation with someone the other day, where they're like, "I'm, I'm not loving because sometimes I just want to smack people." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, but did you smack the person?" <laughs> and she said, "Well, no." I said, "Okay, so you chose a loving act. Having the feeling doesn't make you not loving; it makes you human." Yeah. And so, as humans, we still get the opportunity to have things that we care about and that we're passionate about and to take action on those things and to take action in a way that will be meaningful and sometimes that means like blowing the roof off things with our voice or with our actions but not in a way that will hurt somebody just in a way that will get attention yeah and And that's kind of important. That goes back to your earlier question about how, how does somebody get let go at an organization? Right? So as long as if you need to let somebody go, it's great. I mean, it obviously you don't desire to hurt them in the process. It means more if you sit down and you have a heartfelt conversation with them and you connect and you share, and you inform so that they can learn and you create a learning opportunity for them as they move forward. So love still has all of these components to it. It's multifaceted. That's why we call it like a diamond, right? So,
1: yeah, you know, Amber, I, I love what not only what you're doing, but I love how timely this conversation today is. I mean, it's more timely than I can even talk about on air so much. But my friends look at me and they are just, we don't get it. We don't get you. We don't get what you're doing. We don't—we didn't get you 18 years ago when you started it. But now, like you're telling us what you're building and where you're going. And they keep asking me why. And I said, you know, when there's something deeply in your heart and and the path has been shown to you, maybe not the pathway, but the path. and your heart gets filled, and you know that you're doing something to help people in the world. How do I not do that? I said, I haven't learned how not to do that. And I think everybody, as you say in the book, Amber, as you talk about, everyone has that space in their heart, don't you? I do.
0: I would offer it's how conditioned is our ego? And how much is it preventing us from connecting to that. And if we desire to get to that space, how willing are we to tear away at the layers of that conditioning? Because ego is a wonderful tool. It's necessary. It helps us understand our humanity, but it shouldn't be what's driving the bus.
1: Yeah. And let me just say this, and I'd like you to comment on this in the next few minutes, if you could. One of the things you say is that, look, leading isn't limited. Leading with love isn't limited to the workplace. Yes. Right?
0: Correct. We all have someone who is looking to us as a mentor, a friend, a parent, or just because they respect us. And so leading with love is the fact that we're an example to somebody somewhere and if we know that if we hold that as our responsibility not just to ourselves but to even if it's only one person that matters because then somebody's looking to that person and so our example to that person then it creates that ripple effect that we were talking about
1: yeah. so it matters yeah You know, one of the things I want to say to everybody listening, if you've missed any part of this, certainly uh, this will be available immediately on Facebook. You can listen to it again. But Amber, I want to make sure people know how to become part of the movement, how they can find out more about you. And yes, let me answer the question just came in. Uh, Yes, the book, we did give the book away already. That went really quickly. But if you also go to Amazon, you can also get the book, Opportunities for Expansion, A Six-Month Guide to Expanding Life Perspective, but also you can get to Kindle. For, it's all there. Uh, Amber, what is the best way for people to get involved, to engage, to become part of the movement?
0: So if you go to the website, Swebera.org, you can like us through whatever type of social media you are mm-hmm. most with. We do a lot through social media, and we also release a lot of free content through that website, and that is suivera.org, S is in Sam, U-I-V is in Victor, E-R-A.org.
1: Yes, and I want to just say, please, please, when you go to suivera.org, go to the free resources. There's so much here. Please take a look at it. And then there's also other ways to take, um, like a mini course. Mm-hmm. This is what I love about what you're doing. This is not just this is let's engage. This is helping people with the how, yes. and the what. And I think that that to me is one of the greatest. When somebody's all in, right? They're not asking why anymore, right? You and I, we not asking the why question. They're asking the How? And you've laid this out to help people with that, haven't you? We have, and we're constantly adding
0: free content. So we are, as Suivera, we are just a little over a year and a half old. So the movement is a rapid movement, and we are doing our best to just keep up with content. So we're also always welcome to volunteers who would like to join, if there's something that individuals feel that they have to share, we're a community. It isn't about just one. We are very much, it is not one over another. We are all in this together. And so if individuals have things that they feel would they would be compelled to share, we are very open to that. And finding the transformation network, we are excited about you and yeah. we need to share that with our network as well. So yes, one big family, which is what we
1: should be. I agree. Amber, I can't thank you enough for everything you're doing in the world. Uh, And I want to thank you today. I think there are no mistakes in the universe. I was saying to Jessica, how timely is the conversation that I'm going to have with Amber today? How perfect is it? How perfect the message is? And what I love about this is what the invitation and the opportunity is for self-love. I want to ask you, What is your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, As far as a personal message, I would say just take the time with yourself to say, where am I? Be authentic with yourself first because to show up authentically anywhere else, we have to be willing to show up authentically with ourselves, And that's often the scariest part of it. Because we have spent so much time pretending to be this or that, or doing our best to do what we feel we should do, that we lose sight of who we truly and authentically are, that when we settle back and we start to ask ourselves, in love, who am I authentically, it begins to get a little bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah. That time and understand who you are authentically and love yourself authentically.